This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm your host, Dennis Curtis. Today's podcast, a short summary about food. There's so much to say about food, but I just want to go over some of the biblical principles and uh, the thoughts that I have about food. Food is a big deal to most people. It's important socially, culturally, physically, and spiritually. God has provided food for our body's nourishment, for our enjoyment, and for other needs. Food is spoken of throughout the Bible for a variety of reasons. Nourishment, sacrifice, festivals. There's even special recipes. Teaching spiritual truths about food or through food and commemorations, and more. In Genesis 1.29, God gave us every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. There is a vast variety of grains, nuts, melons, citrus, berries, tree fruit, etc., etc., for us to enjoy. These are His perfect design for our bodies and for our every need. Human rebellion against God, uh, God's perfect designs, upset the course of man and the earth. Because of this rebellion, everything changed, bringing death and unimaginable trouble. This detrimental path led to the judgmental destruction of the earth and all that lived on it, except for Noah and his family. Only after the flood, the great changes of the earth's climate, was the human diet modified. Genesis 9, 3, and 4 tells us that the flesh of fish and animals was introduced to our diet as long as the blood was removed. I would like to talk about the blood and the flesh, but that's another subject for another day. Leviticus 17, and even in the New Testament, it's very clear that God doesn't want us to eat the blood of any animal. Fast forward to the time of God developing a people group to be specifically his special instrument, and that's the Israelites. Because Israel would be a special known people uh, to worship only God, Yahweh, he gave them dietary restrictions. The restrictions were to provide superior nutrition on the world's people so the world's people could visibly see a well-nourished and productive people that would be attractive to them and, of course, attracted to God. They were to be a testimony of what mankind could be in service to God. In Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, God lays out in great detail explaining the type of flesh that could be eaten by the Israelites under the law of Moses. These types of flesh, scientifically now we know, are different than other types of flesh. They're cleaner, more healthy from those forbidden, providing for better health for the Israelites. For the New Testament believer, the rules have changed in that we are not required to obey the law of Moses and the dietary restrictions, except for the eating of food sacrificed to idols, blood, and from strangled animals. In Mark 7, 1-23, um, 
there's a misunderstanding in, in these verses by many who believe that Jesus declared all foods to be clean. Two important points need clarification. The first is, the words, thus he declared all foods clean, is not scripture, but a commentary, and appears to the reader as scripture. I thought it was scripture forever, uh, for as long as I've been a Christian until I learned The context of the situation is that of man-made tradition and God's commandments, which one's more important. Therefore, after a quick review, the eating of food with dirty hands does not affect your salvation. But what you say is the important point that Jesus raises. In Acts 10, Peter's vision was of unclean animals that Peter was told to kill and eat. Peter refused, and God told him, What God has made clean, do not call common. Later in verses 28 and 29, Peter interprets the vision. God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So in this passage, God uses food, unclean food in this case, to teach Peter that people are clean when God has saved them. As New Testament Christians, we believe we are saved, placed in right standing with God through the work of Jesus Christ and our confession of trust in His life, teaching, substitutionary death, and resurrection. That's the main point. It is not by our performance and adherence to the law or any other rules so that no one can boast of his personal righteousness. So, we are released from the dietary restrictions for the purpose of salvation and our spiritual walk with God. Food will not change God's provision of salvation through Jesus Christ. Yet, I would submit to you that some foods and quantities of foods can affect our health and thus our devotion and obedience to God. One who overeats consistently makes food to be a type of idol, and one who overeats foods that are detrimental to the body and, and our body's health destroy the body that God has called his temple. This becomes serious business if we are destroying our body with poor choices of food or any other substance. Using the Old Testament dietary laws are a great guide to get us started on a good diet. Let's look at Daniel, one of the most excellent examples in the Bible concerning food. Daniel and a few other Israelites refused to disobey God's required dietary restrictions and ate only vegetables and water. After only 10 days, Daniel and his companions were visibly healthier. In one version, it says that they had more flesh on their bones. Our modern culture has developed an endless variety of different foods, extensively refined and full of artificial substances for consumption, enjoyment, and to ensure that we keep coming back for more. Many grains and some vegetables have been genetically modified for agricultural purposes and processed for shelf life purposes, affecting the way our body digests them. 
The list of changes and problems are immense, and I don't want to cover that here in this subject here. My point is many foods have changed drastically. Choose wisely. One last point. Remember the unbelievers with Israel. The Bible calls them the rabble. When they rebelled against God in the wilderness before entering the promised land, they craved meat and led many astray, bringing judgment. You can read Numbers 11 for uh, a lot more information than I'm going to put out here. What I'm wanting to illustrate by bringing this portion of Scripture up is obedience to God is far better than letting our cravings take control of us. My desire for certain foods, my palate, take time to change. And for me, it's taken years to change my palate. I encourage you to take the time to pray over this subject and set some attainable goals. Remember, this will take some time and it will take some desire also. You've been listening to the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm your host, Dennis Curtis.